experience worship with us as we exalt the Lord. Wait, wait. 
lost a battle. You never lost a battle. Oh, you never will. You never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. Show 
you to show up in our lives. We thank you, Jesus, for your power that's alive, Lord. We give you praise. We worship you, Lord. There's no one like you, Jesus. We give you glory, for deliverance today for freedom over every heart Lord thank you Jesus chains fall fear bow here now Jesus you change everything chains fall fear bow here now Jesus, you change everything. Lives healed, hope found here now. Jesus, you change everything. Chains fall, fear bound here now. Jesus, you change everything. Jesus, that we will prevail no matter what it looks like. God, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Lord God, we just thank you today that chains must be broken. Yes. They must Hallelujah. fall. Oh God, that fear must bow because you are here and you change everything. We declare for our lives to be healed. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for uh, physical healings, for miracles to take place. Oh God, you are the miracle worker. God, we just give you glory this morning. We give you praise this morning for who you are. We ask that you would show us your glory, oh God. We thank you that you have never lost a battle. God, and that you never will. God, and we thank you, Lord Jesus, that we are on the winning side. And we thank you, Jesus, that you're faithful. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory, oh God. We thank you for what's coming, oh God. We thank you for the outpouring of your spirit, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the hope that we have in you. We give you praise. We give you glory in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Hallelujah. We're so glad that each of you are here. You may be seated. Good to see everyone this morning. And um, in just a few moments, Pastor Josh is going to come and then Pastor Garland has a word. But I just 
want to say happy birthday to Pastor Garland, and we want to honor you. Uh, yesterday was his birthday. When my mama, my mom's, uh, my mama, listen to me. My mom's birthday is in was in December, and then my dad's is in January. So we close out the year with celebration, and we begin a new year with celebration. And so we want to honor both of you, and um, we just pray, we just know this is going to be an awesome year for each of you, and we're very excited. We want to encourage our um, in-person audience, online audience, if you haven't already subscribed to our email list is a, the best way for them to our followers to be in tune with us to know what's going on um, in fact you can even go to our streaming that way and access our streaming that way um, and you just go to our website praisechurchofluisiana.com and subscribe to our email list and that's the best way for you to be informed of upcoming events and things that we have coming up this week we have Tuesday Night Live uh, and then we have a seven o'clock in person and an online. And then we have winning Wednesday in person online, seven o'clock. And so it's going to be awesome. Amen. We're excited about it. And I just want to echo what Bethany said. In fact, I'm taking it a step further. I know she's mentioned this before, but we encourage you also to download our app on your phone, your iPad, you know, on your devices. Because when you have that app, you also have the ability to watch any of the archived sermons. Those, uh, as you give, you make donations, you can give through that app. It's just an amazing way to stay in touch. And, you know, if we ever lost a couple of times, we've lost like uh, internet connection with social media and things of that nature. If anything like that would ever happen, you still would have access through our website, which is linked to our app. It's all connected together to still receive the ministry. So we encourage you to tap into these avenues and stay connected with us. We love you. We are excited about 2021. Amen. We are winning. This is going to be a winning year. I'm not focused on everything that's happening in the natural. That's not what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to tap into the realms of the Holy Spirit and to see with spirit eyes and to see with expectation. And I have great hope, not just for us, but for each of you. Each of you here this morning in person with us and those of you that are watching online. And we're believing God for miracles, breakthrough, and deliverance for each of you this time, Pastor Josh is coming, and we are going to transition the service to him. All right. Well, happy birthday, Pastor Garland. He's 25, and uh, <laughs> getting younger every year, right? Come on. we get the, the Word of God says the outer man is getting older, but the younger man is being renewed day by day. So come on. In the spirit, we can be like 15, right? Come on. I'm just getting my driver's license, baby. So uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, man. Well, I just want to pray for our pastors real quick. And, uh, Father, that you would uh, bless them, that your hand would be upon them, Lord God, in this season as we celebrated one birthday and another today. And as we enter this new year, Lord, Father, that you would give them wisdom, understanding, and discernment in all things, Lord God. And, Father, that you would cause the work of the hands to prosper. And, Lord, we just praise you for them. We uh, worship you, God, for the, the, the mantle that's upon them and the, and the service and the sacrifice that they paid. Uh, and we just uh, love them as pastors, and we just bless them this day in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, real quick, I'm, um, I'm, we're going to do our tithes and offering. But I was going to share a scripture, but I'm going to change it. I'm going to share some lyrics of a song um, that I've been listening to. Because you know how many knows we need to have faith? Come on. Come on. I am not moved by the things in the seen realm, but the unseen realm. Amen. And I know that God has a plan. Amen. And I'm not discouraged or downtrodden or anything, but I am so 
excited because we're entering into the kingdom age. Come on, the kingdom age. The church has been on the shelf far too long, and God is going to put his church into the spotlight. So we were riding around last night, and, um, you know, when married with kids, you go grocery shopping on a Saturday night. We used to go out and have days, but now we go. It's the only time we could get to Walmart and go get some things. So we went and did that last night, and I was talking to my wife about some things. I said, listen, I've been listening to a song. It's called Rattle. And I said, you've got, you've got to listen to this, Beth. You've got to listen to this. I'm going to share a couple of lyrics with you real quick, and then we're going to pray and give, and pastor's going to come. It says this. It says, Saturday was silent. He's talking about the crucifixion of Christ. Surely it was through. But, when, but since when has impossible ever stopped you? Come on. Friday's disappointment is Sunday's empty tomb. Come on. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? And he says this, and um, he says to hear the sounds of the dry bone rattle, and he talks about this is the praise that will make a dead man walk again. And then I'm going to drop down to the last verse, and then we're going to pray. It says, Pentecostal fire stirring something new. You're not going to run out of miracles anytime soon. Come on, our God is not going to run out of miracles. Amen. And he says this, he says, yeah, resurrection power runs in my veins too. I believe there's another miracle here in this room. You know what? I believe there's a miracle in this room today. Amen. I believe that the Pentecostal fire is being stirred by God. Come on. And he's not going to run out of miracles anytime soon. Every time God's people needed him, come on, even when they weren't faithful, he was faithful. Come on. He raised up deliverers. Come on. He provided a fire. He provided water. Come on. He provided food in the desert. Come on. Even Elijah, when he took upon Jezebel and took out the prophets of Jezebel and he was running and hiding, God commanded the rape to bring him food. Amen. God knows how to take care of his people. So I just want to encourage you that the Lord can take care of you. You just got to give it over to him. Amen. Come on. You have to just give these cares of this world over to him and say, Father, let your will be done. Come on. As earth as it is in heaven. And that's what we come today as a people of God. We come to decree the plans of the Lord upon the earth in Jesus name. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to give. Lord, I thank you that we have an opportunity to praise you. Praise on it. Father, we come to worship you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, we lay substance at your feet, Lord God, to pay honor to you. Father, we bow our knee in recognition as you as King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, I pray that you would take this offering and you would cause it to multiply and cause your kingdom to expand and let the voice of your church arise in this hour. In Jesus' name, you may bring your gift as pastor comes. Amen. It's a good day. Amen. I appreciate the words and, and the things that have been said of I'm going to go into the Word this morning. I'm dealing uh, same topic that I was dealing with last Sunday. Uh, we're coming into Acts chapter 27. Paul is in a, a bad situation. Paul is um, at a place a storm is uh, rising. Uh, they're in the midst of a storm, 14 days, uh, and, and he's looking for a breakthrough. How many of you in the midst of a storm, you're looking for a breakthrough? I... I um, I find that many people, as believers, have a hard time hanging in there in prayer and uh, seeing what God can do. And, and uh, 
Uh, many, many people give up in the midst of uh, storms. Uh, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I'm going to go there. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me there. If you have your iPad or your phone and your app is, is on the Bible, uh, go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. <clears throat> Verse, um, in this chapter, we begin to find Paul is expressing all of the things that he had gone through in his walk as a believer and uh, some horrific things uh, that uh, was placed on him. In verse 24, it says, of the Jews five times received I 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings, often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by heathen, in perils of, in the city, in perils of wilderness, and in perils in the sea, in perils amongst false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, watching often in hunger and thirst, and fasting often, and cold and naked. Besides those things that are without, that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Man, he's he's laying out his life experience and and the troubles that he had gone through, and he's he's talking about these things because every one of us go through issues, and in this scripture he's. He's sharing with us, you have to keep the faith. You have to keep moving. You have to keep going forward. I want to I go to Ephesians uh, chapter 4 and read to you another writing that Paul has written here in verse 14. He says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about uh, with every wind of doctrine that the slight of, at the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. For from, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted uh, uh, by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of its of itself in love paul is a a phenomenal writer and outside of christ he's probably one of the greatest communicators uh that we see in the new testament where that he is giving examples of how we need to live He's talking to us how we can keep faith and how we can lead in the midst of circumstances. Paul, even though he wasn't in charge in the boat that he was in, in chapter 27 of Acts, he was a prisoner, but yet he rose up and became a leader in that moment. And I think now, today, more so than ever before, we need leaders that are believers, we need people that have insight on what God is doing, insight on where God is going, and insight in the Word of God that we can speak life into someone else's life that is having trouble 
with the times that you're in. You know, everybody goes through storms. Nobody is exempt from storms. It doesn't matter if you're a believer or a non-believer. You're, we all going to have storms. But one thing is interesting is that in the midst of storms as a believer, I'm not talking about just a church goer, because I believe there are a lot of church goers that really don't know what they believe. I believe there are a lot of church goers that are so confused in the word because they have heard every wind of doctrine and they have bought into every wind of doctrine. And, and it, it's this here. I, uh, I have problems with this. And, and this may rock you a little bit here, but, but where does it say in the word that, that you can go to a meeting and someone have an altar call and say that I'm going to give you a double portion of, of what I'm walking in. You know, I, I, I have some troubles with that. I believe that there are impartations. I believe that there are things that do take place. But, but, but many times there's not that double portion unless we've walked where they've walked and held on to what they have held on to and begin to grow into what God has for us. So it's not an instant hocus pocus moment where that we come in a flash in the pan and now we've got it and now we can go on and do it. There, there is, there is times that we are tried in. There's a schooling that God brings us to. And, and some people, we, we think and we look at their life and think, man, they've got it all together. They've got it made. But we're not seeing the behind the scenes of what they have gone through and what they're going through in the moment that you're observing their life. And, and, and many people say, well, if I just had your life, everything would be okay. Well, if you had my life, it might kill you. You might not be able to withstand what, what we're going through or what's happening in our life. Everybody has their own cup that they have to drink from. Right. I think that in our life it, that uh, I can look outside and say, well, somebody else has got it better than I've got it. And, and we can make these comparisons. And we're not to look at other people's lives to compare our life with them. Right. I have to run my race. I have to fight my fight. I have to, I have to endure what comes against me. And, and I have to study the word of God so it can give me the strength that I need to carry on in the midst of storms. Yeah. I want to go into Acts chapter 27 and, and begin to uh, go back to some of the passages that we used last week. Paul is in a ship. He's in a journey going to Rome. Uh, he's at a place where that the vehicle that he is in, uh, it never looked that way in his imagination. You know, it, there's sometimes in our life we, we project where we're going, but the journey getting there, uh, we didn't see it that way. Yeah. And, and we wonder how in the world did this, if we have a loving God, let us go through some of the things we've, went through, we've gone through, and then when we get to our destination, we begin to understand that was only preparation for me to get to my destination. In, in uh, verse 9, chapter 27, verse 9, now when much time was spent and when sailing was no, now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, sirs, and, and, and let me stop here. It wasn't that anybody called a fast. 
This was a forced fast because of the storm. They, they didn't have time to think about, well, what we're going to have for lunch today or, or what we're going to have for supper or, or, or let's get some, some uh, uh, Chinese food today or, or, or let's stop over at this port and we're going to get some seafood or, or anybody catching any fish and we're going to grill some on the deck. You know, They weren't thinking about that because they were concerned about their life. They were fighting a storm that was tearing the boat apart. And now they have a moment where that the waves have calmed, the winds have calmed, and they're able to see a little bit of sunlight. And Paul is saying, hey, now that the fast is over, now that we can think a little bit here, let's go ahead and get something to eat because we may need that energy to fight some more of the storm that could be right behind. It sounded like that they were in the eye of a storm. I don't know I, 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 if you've ever been in the eye of a storm. I, I, as a kid, I can remember we going through Hurricane Betsy, uh, uh, and in that the storm was raging at the front, and we got to a point where everything became became calm. And I can remember walking out in the in the yard with my dad to to look at the damages and and to look at and, and we were in a place where I was asking Dad, "Is the storm over?" He said, "No." This is just the eye. It's about to get bad again, but, but we're going to take care of stuff while the calm is here. And so we took care of things. We nailed some more boards up. We, we, we fastened some things. We tied things down. We picked up stuff and that was, uh, could fly around as the wind came. And it wasn't long after that moment that the back end of that storm came up again. And it seemed like it was worse than the beginning of that storm. Sometimes the beginning of your storms seem to be easier than the ending of your storm. And I don't know if it's because the power of the storm is stronger at the end or if it's because we have exhausted ourselves by going through the rest of the storm. I, I think there's storms that come in our life that the beginning were strong, beginning we, we're courageous at the beginning of it we're not weary we have been rested but going through the storm it wears you down you know things in life can wear us down things in life can become a storm it, it could be a, a physical it could be a health issue it could be a, a financial issue it could be relationship issues but but in those storms of life if we're not watching they can wear you down and we can't make good decisions when we're tired. I don't know about you, but I, when I get tired, I get a little agitated. You know, people can become uh, very angry. People can, can say things in the midst of exhaustion that they really don't mean. We take things out on other people when we're in the midst of a storm, when we're tired in that storm. When, when we have perceived that life was going to bring us this way and an interruption comes in and it's not the way we planned it, the brakes have been put on life, issues have taken place and we don't know which way to turn, we don't know which way to go and we can get frustrated with people, we can get frustrated with our own life because it wasn't the way we thought it was going to be. Ver verse 11, it says, nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Now, Paul, Paul is, is, is injecting the opinion of God in a bad situation. And he's saying, we don't need to leave this port. We don't need to, to go. And, and, and the, the, the people that were running the boat 
that were in charge said, we're going anyway. We believe the master. We believe the owners of the boat. And, and so they launched out and, and it got them in trouble. I want to skip down uh, verse 17, which uh, it says, of which they have taken up and used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, stuck, struck sail and so were driven. They're in, a, they're in a situation where they realize the boat is out of control. The wind's going to blow us where it wants to blow us, so let's just go with it. And they, they put bands or put ropes around the boat to keep it intact, to keep it uh, from falling apart. Verse 18, and we being exceedingly tossed with the tempest, next, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day, we cast out with our own hands tackling of the ship. And, and when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. Man, they're, they're in a bad moment here because they have now lost hope. All of those that were in charge, all of those that were able to control the direction of the ship, are now in a, in a situation that their hope has been taken away. And Paul, in the midst of this, still takes a leadership position. Now, now I want you to look at this. Paul was a prisoner. A prisoner doesn't have say-so of what, what, what should be done. But the prisoner, Paul, stands up and begins to speak what God is telling him. He begins to speak what God is instructing him. And, and those that are, have lost hope now are turning to listen to what Paul is saying. You know, in every storm, there needs to be a leader. In every storm, there needs to be someone that can hear and see what God is doing and where he's wanting you to go. Verse 21. But, long, but after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me. In other words, he's saying, I told you so, <laughs> in a nice way. Sirs, you should have listened, hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life, life among you, but of the ship for there stood by me this this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve saying fear not Paul that thou must be brought before Caesar in other words hey you're, you're going you're going to Rome your, your final destination is you're going to be brought before Caesar but we got a detour for you and lo God hath given thee all them that sail with thee in other words all of those that thought they were in charge, they're actually in your hand. Wow. What a, what a responsibility to, to take from a position of a prisoner and begin to speak to the guards that are guarding you that, that if you escape, their life is going to be taken from them. That, that's what the rule was. And that's what the law was. If you have, have been assigned to a prisoner and the prisoner escapes, you give up your life for losing that prisoner. Wow. Verse 25. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. Do you believe God? 
Do you believe what God says about your life? Do you believe that the destiny that God has set before you, that you're going to attain that? I'm not talking about a, a hyper faith. I'm not talking about something, something that, that, um, that, that's really not there. I'm talking about what God has dropped in your soul and is telling you, hey, this is where you're going to be. This is where you're going. But along the way, there's diversions. His wherefore serve, be of good cheer. For I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit, we must cast upon a certain island. But when the 14th day was come, as we were driven up and down in the, in, the, in the sea, about midnight the shipmen deemed that they drew near to, uh, of some country and sounded and found that it was 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found that 15 fathoms. Then, fearing lest they should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out uh, of the stern and wished for the day. Man, they, they, they're in a place, they're in the middle of the night. They don't know if they're going to hit rocks. They don't know uh, how, how much further they can go. So they drop anchor so they're not losing the vehicle that's bringing them there. Verse 30, and the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship when they, they had let down the boat into the sea under the color uh, 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 as, as though they would have cast anchors out of the, of the foreship. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. In other words, now is not the time for people to jump out. Now is not the time for us to, to begin to move. We need to keep everybody together. You know, we've got such division in our world, such division in our nation. We've got such division even in the church that people are jumping in different directions because of fear, because of issues that surround them, and because of the, the storm that we go through. Paul's saying, hey, if you start bailing out now, none of us are going to be saved. Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her, her fall off. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that ye have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. You know, some people can't fast a day. <laughs> some people have a hard time fasting a meal. But here they are in this forced fast, and they're 14 days out. You can, you can imagine their physical uh, condition is dwindling down. People are, are losing weight. Some are losing weight they can't afford to lose. They're tired. They're cranky. They're weary. They're weak in their physical. Wherefore, verse 34, wherefore I pray you take some meat for this is for your health, for, for there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. Man, this is, Paul, Paul is, is getting really uh, down to this thing. He's saying he's so positive of what the angel of the Lord spoke to him. He's now declaring none of you are even going to lose a hair off of your head. Wow. I, I think this is a pretty certain word here. I think that Paul is taking control. He, he's the least of the people in the ship that should be projecting where they're going and leading people. But yet here's a guy in chains 
standing up and saying, hey, you need to start eating something now. And people now are listening to him because of the first word he gave. We shouldn't be leaving this place. And he comes back to him, remember, and he says, I told you so. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks in the presence of them all. And when they had broken it, he began to eat. And then were they all of good cheer. And they also took uh, some meat. And, and, and we were in all of the ship, 200, three score, and 16 souls. I think it's interesting that he, they're, they're now referring to souls here and not people. He's saying, look, it, 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 we're, we're at the place that we could be losing our souls right now. You know, I think when, when we lose our soul, that we have come to a conclusion that it's over. It's complete. It's done. Our breath is taken from us. We, we have no hope for tomorrow. And there are some people that go in storms that there is no hope for tomorrow because they have given up hope. Doctors' reports have come. Things have been said. Things have been done. Hurts have taken place. People have walked out of other people's lives. Let me tell you this. If God intended for them to be in your life, they'd still be there. I look at this and we've had people, we've had people walk out of our lives and, and I've come to the conclusion that if I needed them for my future, they would still be here. But I don't need them for my future. All I need is God helping me and walking with me. It, it goes on and begins to talk about all of what they did and, and the violence of the waves and, and the soldiers uh, in verse 42. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. Verse 43, but the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and go to land. I, I think this is so phenomenal in this part because you still got people that are, that are trying to, to, to operate by the rule of law with that. And if a, if a, if, if a prisoner escapes, uh, then they're going to take our life. And we just need to kill all the prisoners. And that way we don't have this responsibility of having to keep up with everybody. So we just kill them all. And, and one of the centurion soldiers said, no, that's not how we're going to do it. Because he, he now was persuaded by what Paul was prophesying to them and speaking to them. The word of God that was coming out of Paul's life was so powerful, so strong, that it changed one. It changed one. There were others that probably had changed, but there were others that really wasn't listening and they were trying to fall back to the way things used to be. I, I think it's interesting how that when storms come in our life, many people fall back to what they're used to and they never take a break to move into what God intends for their life. They never go into their destiny because they're always falling back to the way it used to. You know, the ship was built and it was a comfortable place for them. It was a place of comfort. It was a place that, that they felt secure. But when that boat started falling apart, they didn't understand exactly what to do. Uh, Paul kept them from, from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. 
Now I want you to look at this because what they were comfortable in has now taken on a new form. Yeah. yeah, our life takes on different forms. Forms of transportation now changes. The house that we thought we were going to have, the car we thought we were going to drive, the journey to get to our destination has now changed. Sickness or disease or accidents or, or people walking out of our life has now changed and, and we don't have the same means of transportation that we thought we had. But we have pieces. What do you do when what you thought was to be has now fallen apart. Uh, Paul says, those of you that can swim, get out there and swim and get to land. The rest of you that can't swim, get on some boards and some broken pieces of the ship. It's not intact the way it used to be. It's pieces now. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. Now, I, I don't know. I, I, I told a little story about, about Bev and I. We went fishing with some people, and uh, I was in a, a P-Rog that was being pulled by a, a mud boat, and that was my first mistake there. Uh, second mistake was I had all the equipment that we needed in the P-Rog with me, and uh, I'm not a lightweight, so uh, um, it, it was, man, my... my, my uh, a uh, running board there was was very, uh, I could just, you know, in the water right there, it was there. And then I had hip boots on to, to put on top of that. And a boat came by and it swamped me. And I'm, 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 I'm trying to figure out, and, and at, at a point I had worked offshore and went through a lot of uh, uh, survival um, uh, training. And, and, I, and I honestly believe that that's actually what saved my life was uh, the training that I had on survival, how to take your shirt and make it into a life jacket or your pants. And, and, but anyway, I, I was sinking and I was gurgling the water. I can hear my wife in, in the boat in front of me uh, uh, and she's there praying and speaking in tongues. And, and the guy that was driving the boat was cussing like a sailor. And, and we had all kinds of things. Another lady was doing the rosary in the, in the boat. And, and uh, it was total chaos in that boat. And sometimes when, you're, when your boat is in total chaos, no help can come from that. And, and so uh, they, they, they were trying to turn to come around and get me, and I'm, I'm gurgling, and I'm saying, hey, help, and, and, and I'm sinking, and I'm trying to get my boots off because now they're filling up with water, and they're bringing me down. And so I, I, I had a pocket knife, and I pulled it. I get up and get air, and I'm cutting my boots off. I get up and get air, and man, I, in all the process of doing that, I'm getting tired. Man, it was wearing me out. And you can't make good decisions when you're tired or you're frustrated or you're worn out. So here comes the boat around and, and they had a, a push pole that got stuck in the, in the rudder and they couldn't make a, a sharp turn. So it went way out to come around. And when they came by, they, 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 the young boy that was on the boat threw me a rope and it wasn't, the other part of it wasn't in his hand, the other end of it, and the whole rope came to me, and I'm like, this is not going to help me. And so uh, they kept going, and, and they had to make another long turn around, and, and uh, uh, ice chests are floating, my rods and reels and tackle is down at the bottom of the bayou, and, and, and it was a, a mess. 
They come by again and they finally pulled the push pole out of, out of uh, uh, where it was lodged at, at the rudder. And, and the young boy uh, uh, was handing it to me, but he just threw it on into the water. And, and I'm thinking, you know how your mind just thinks in seconds. It's just coming forward like that. And I'm thinking, this is not your day. This is just not your day. This is not a good day. And I thought to myself, you're on your own. You can't rely upon the confusion that's going on in the boat trying to save you. And so I grabbed a hold of an ice chest and I started kicking, going towards the shoreline. And, and I'm thinking in my mind, yeah, you survived from drowning, but you're going to get snake bit when you get in these. An alligator is going to come out and take your leg off. And then the whole family is going to come and have you for a meal. I mean, this is what's going on in your mind. Obviously, it survived. Obviously, we got back in the boat. But, but I, can, I can't imagine Paul in the midst of this. He's got over 200 people that's on board. And he's telling them, look, those of you that can swim, jump out now and swim to the shoreline. Those of you that can't, the, the boat's falling apart. Get you an ice chest. Get you a board. Get you a plank. Get something that can save you. You know, there, there are things that in life that we think we're comfortable in. And then all of a sudden, the storm comes along and throws you out. What do you do when what you thought was going to work doesn't work anymore? And God now brings you to a place where that you're relying on a part of what you used to have. Paul takes position and he begins to make command. The most unlikely individual now becomes the leader and says, those of you that can swim, swim. Those of you who can't, grab a hold of a board. He was given instruction to people that was in a panic. In the midst of a storm, there has to be a leader that rises up. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this, and some people may not have other people to speak into their life and help teach them or show them or give them instruction, but the leader inside of you needs to rise up. I think the Holy Spirit within us can rise up in the midst of a storm and begin to speak into our life and give us instruction of what to do when our world is falling apart. What to do when you don't know what to do. This is why it's important that as a believer, we study the word in the good times. We study the word, we pray in the good times. Yeah, people, there's a lot of people that start praying in the bad times, but I, I need to build up my account and I need to have that relationship with God and start learning his voice when I have peace around me. Don't, don't take for granted the good times. Don't take for granted the peace, the joy that, that you walk in because everybody in life is going to go through a storm at some time. You say, well, that's not a good word. I, th I think everything needs to be uh, 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 peaches and roses, you know. You know, it it's not the time right now that we're tiptoeing through the tulips. This is a time right now that people need to learn how to pray. We got a pandemic around this world. We got issues around this world. There's division in our world. There's division in the church. We need to learn how to pray. Why? Because it's, it's hearing the voice of God that helps bring you through any storm that are, would arise. You see, God is not just in the peacetime. God is in the middle of every storm. And he's looking 
for someone that has faith in him. Paul had faith in God's word. Paul had faith in what God spoke to him and said, hey, there's not anybody in here going to lose their life. And in fact, I'm going to go a little bit further. They're not even going to lose a hair off of their head. Now, they went through some stuff. They plunged themselves in the waters. The boat uh, uh, hit a reef and began to fall apart. The issues are taking place, and they're trying to find the sandy beach. Can you imagine as they're coming to this beach? The exhaustion, just the stress level that they're going through. You know, stress can cause your body to, to give signals that, that, that there's a problem and there's really not a problem. It can cause muscles to tighten up. It can cause you to feel like you're having a heart attack. It can cause all kinds of issues depending on the level of stress that you're under. Can you imagine, here they are, not only stressed out from the storm, but they're physically exhausted from swimming to get to the shore. Paul, he says in, in 2 Corinthians, he says, man, I have been beaten. I, I have been stoned. And he wasn't talking about drinking too much. He was talking about actual rocks being hurled at him. He was stoned and he survived it. I was shipwrecked three times. We was in the midst of the night. He says, but in the midst of this, I survived. What he's saying here is that whatever the destination that God has for you in life, there is nothing that's going to take and kill you if you have faith. If, if you fall back to the way things used to be, it's not going to help you. You have to keep pushing. Paul said, I have run the race. I have, I have fought a good fight. In other words, in the midst of his storm, 14 days, just like everybody else in that boat, he was being tossed around, the waves were beating them, they were freezing cold, they didn't know if tomorrow would come, they didn't know if issues would, would, would fall apart in the deep water, and now they're in shallow water, and they're fearful for their life, in shallow water. Man, shallow water, two feet of water, all you can do is sit up, sit up and breathe. You'll survive. But they weren't worrying about their life, what's going to happen. They, they survived the deep, and now they're facing the shallow. You know, it's interesting how the, the beginning of the storm, you're strong. The beginning of the storm, I'm going to conquer this. The beginning of the storm, everything's okay. I can handle this. But you get past the eye of the storm, and it starts wearing you down. It starts making you weary. You start getting tired. You're physically exhausted, mentally exhausted. You've got things that are, are weighing heavy on you. And there's a lot of people that it's not a, a, a rainstorm that you're going through. It's a, it's a, it's a physical storm. It's a, it's a report from the doctor. It's a, it's a, your husband just walked out. Your wife just walked out. Your children are, have lost their minds. And you're in the storm trying to pull everything together and thinking that if we could just get back to the ship, everything's going to be okay. We put bands around it. It's okay. We've, we've done this in our own power. And the ship's falling apart. There's sometimes you've got to turn loose of the way things were to get to the destiny where God wants you to be. And sometimes it's just not worth holding on to the way it used to be. But you can grab a hold of some things that can help you get to your destiny. 
I don't know if Paul could swim. I, I hope that he could. And he, he might have been one that was grabbing a hold of some planks or some boards. Or uh, I, Everybody else jumped out, and he's still instructing people how to get a, a board or plank or whatever. I'm sure he was tr- trying to corral everyone because the Word says that God put them in his hand. He now becomes their pastor. He now becomes the one that is guiding them, directing them spiritually and physically. Let's get to the shoreline. So he was probably the last one to hit the beach. If it, if it was me, after fighting the water, after fighting all the pressure, after somebody wanting to kill me, after putting me in chains, after all these things, I think I would be exhausted. And then swimming to the shoreline? We've seen these movies where the people were shipwrecked and they're dragging onto the beach and they get to the beach and they collapse. They made it, but they still collapsed. You know, they're saved, but there's no rejoicing. It, it, it's almost as though that we, we don't take in account the victory because of the exhaustion. Man, I've been through some things in my life that that there should have been some celebration in our home and we were just too tired to celebrate. Paul now is is getting to a place on that beach trying to get warm, gathering sticks to make a bigger fire. And a snake bites him. If it wasn't for bad luck, Paul wouldn't have any luck. Paul's in a bad situation. It's like one thing after another, after another, and then a snake bites him. How many times in our life do we say, man, I don't know how much more I can take. I don't know how much more can come down my way and still survive them. I'm just now uh, keeping my head just a little bit above water. Some people have a straw that they're, they're breathing through, you know, like a snorkel. And we're saying, what am I going to do? Let me tell you, in the times that we're living, the times that we have is the time to start looking in the word of God and allowing the word of God to saturate your soul. I'm not talking about being religious. I'm talking about just real reality. You know, God's not looking for perfect people, but he's looking for people with a pure heart. So you can, you can have an imperfect husband or an imperfect wife and still have a good marriage why because the heart's right so you don't have to be perfect in everything that you're doing you just have to have the right heart i don't think that paul was perfect in everything he did i don't think it even in his actions he was perfect in everything he did but he had a heart for god i don't think david look at david's life david was a rascal david david had so much lust in his life that he has an affair with a woman that is uh, married to one of his chief warriors and has the warrior killed because he had an affair with his wife, wanted to cover it up because she's now pregnant with a baby. Paul, David was not, was not somebody you want to trust with your family. Right. 
David had such dysfunction in his family. His own son wanted to kill him, and his own son wanted to rape his, his sister, did so, and now you've got brothers that's wanting to kill brothers. Total chaos, total dysfunction. God refers to David as a man after his own heart. So that tells you right there, you don't have to be perfect, but you have to be pure in heart. And I think the, the religious crowd has judged people so harshly because we see signs of imperfection, but yet they have a pure heart. Wow. I think we could preach another message on that right there. The reality of it is we're going to make mistakes in life. I'm not excusing anything. But what I am saying is, I'm so thankful that God judges upon the heart. You say, well, if it wasn't in the heart, they wouldn't be doing it. Let me tell you something, man. Get off of your high horse and let's just look at the reality because you're not perfect either. Reality of it is, if you have a heart for God, God wants to use you. You can have, have tattoos from the bottom of your feet to the top of your head. That doesn't matter. What matters is the condition of the heart. You, you, can, you can have some, some habits in your life that you wish that you could get free from. And we pray that you get free from them. But really, that's not the problem. The reality is God judges upon the heart. And so when our heart becomes right, then he's able to work with us. So it might be that the ship that we're in falls apart and we're now having to fight for our life to get to the shoreline. But if you get to the shoreline, you need to celebrate. You know, the children of Israel, when they were crossing over the Red Sea, when they went and got to the other side, it had to be exhausting for them. Pharaoh is following after them. Pharaoh can take their life because there's no rule to keep Pharaoh in order. And he's angry. And, and the word says that God said, I will, I will make Pharaoh want to hunt you down. Wow. The whole purpose of it was so that God could get him in the middle of the Red Sea and devour him. But look at the, the children of Israel that, that didn't have insight on what was going on. And Pharaoh's right after them, and they get to the Red Sea, and the Red Sea parts, and they're looking for, man, this is an escape, let's go. And they go, they get to the other side, and Miriam pulls out her tambourine, and she begins to celebrate. The word says that God was leading them, and then removed himself from leading them to following them, but he was separating them from their enemy. So there's a point in our life that whatever habits, whatever issues that we have, that God leads us, but then he moves position and he begins to follow behind us to keep us from the enemy getting a hold of us again. So God wants to work in our life and we can look at scripture and begin to, begin to find out how God works. And when we understand how he works, we can know that he's got everything in control. I threw a whole bunch out here today. But I believe that there are people that are watching and people in here possibly that have been going through some storms. And you're wondering, where is your hope? 
when the storm started, you, you, was, you were strong. You were able to handle it. But now you're getting weary in the storm. Maybe that sickness, maybe that disease is weighing heavy. Maybe the financial condition. Maybe it, it could be a myriad of things. And everybody goes through different storms. But let me tell you, one God that can help you in the midst of your storm, help you in the midst of your trial. Jesus Christ came into this world to deliver us. He says, I've come not to harm you, but to bring you hope. My hope is not in this world. My hope is not in the political system. My hope is not in people. My, my God cannot be people. My God has to be the God of this world, the Father, the Heavenly Father, the Father of Jesus Christ that has come into the world to deliver us from our sins, to redeem us. The Word says, by His stripes we're made whole. By His stripes we're healed. Wow. His blood was shed for every one of us, and all we have to do is have a pure heart in believing that Jesus Christ came into this world and died for me. But he didn't stay in the grave. He rose again and he lives. And he sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and for me. What, what I mean by intercession is he's actually talking to the Father saying, hey, you see what's going on here? We need to send some help down here. He sees you in the middle of your storm. He sees you in everything that you're going through. And he wants to deliver you. He wants to stand between you and your enemy. This is why the word says the battle's not mine. It's the Lord's. Why? Because we get exhausted in the storm. But you can't exhaust God. And he'll stand between you and your enemy. Your enemy might be cancer. Your enemy might be diabetes. Your enemy might be financial uh, issues. It might be, might be um, uh, mental issues. It might be uh, insecurities. It might be uh, 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 family issues. But God will stand right in the middle between you and your enemy and keep your enemy from overtaking you if you'll follow him and just be obedient. I hate religion. Religion has come to a place where that, that it interrupts so many people's relationship with God because we become so angry and so self-righteous that we don't have a relationship with God. I like relationship. I like it that I can come to him any moment of the day in the midst of a storm or in the midst of peacetime and call upon his name and he's there. How do I know he's there? It's because the word tells me he'll never leave me and he will never forsake me no matter what it looks like. No matter what the prognosis is, no matter what the reports are, he's right there with me. And if I could see him in the midst of a storm, I'm going to come out on the other side victorious. This is why Paul was able to stand up as a prisoner and lead the so-called leaders in that boat to victory. If it wasn't for Paul, 
and him standing up with his, with his ability to speak the word of God, every one of them would have perished. If they would have all said, we need to stay in the boat, they would have all perished. But Paul says, hey, this boat's about to fall apart, but none of y'all are going to lose your life. He was giving them hope, but he was giving them insight also of what God was doing. You know, just because your boat fell apart doesn't mean it's the end. All it is is a sign that you have arrived at your destination. So if your marriage has fallen apart, baby, you have arrived. If failure has taken place with your business, if COVID has is, is taken your business out, you have arrived at the destination that others are watching you to see what you're going to do and to see God prove himself to be mighty in your life. You know, today, I've said so much and there's so many different ways that I can pray with you right now. But I want to talk to the people that are in the middle of a storm. That you feel like your hope has been lost. That you don't know what tomorrow holds and you don't know if the sun's even going to come up tomorrow. Let me tell you, God had you tune in today to hear this message. To let you know that he's bringing you hope for tomorrow. And he's going to bring you through your problem. If you call out to him, if you just hear what he has to say, he's going to bring you through the storm. So right, now, right, right where you are, even people that are in here, those that are watching, let's just bow our heads and we're going to pray right now that God's going to bring us through the storm. It might be that you need healing in your body. It might be that you need financial breakthrough. It, it, it could be a myriad of things. But when we start praying, I want you to say, God, I need you. And if it's a financial situation, I need you in my finances right now. I need you in my family. I need you in my, in my physical right now because I need healing today. Father, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I thank you for what you're stirring in our life. Lord, I ask you right now that you'd begin to touch everyone that's watching and even those that are in this building. I ask you, Lord, that you'd cause, you'd cause a shaking to take place. That people would begin to call out to you, call upon your name. And Lord, your word says that you will hear our cries. Lord, there's people that are in a shaking right now. They're in a, 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 a situation that, that, that nothing else can help. They need you to move on their life. And Lord, we ask you, we call upon your name today, Lord. Not, not out of disrespect, but we honor you because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we call upon you to move upon their life. Touch them, heal them, deliver them, oh God. Lord, move upon their spirit and upon their life today and show yourself mighty as people are watching their life to see what you are going to do. And Father, we're not going to give up. We're going to push through and we're going to hear what your word says and we're going to do what you've called us to do. So help us get to our destination, oh God. Father, move upon us and we give you praise and give you glory for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I want to thank those of you that are watching us for tuning in today. We're going to have another program Tuesday night and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Join us. Go to our website. There are other videos, other messages that are there.
You can go and view it at praisechurchoflouisiana.com and uh, let us know what these messages mean to you. Get, write us a little note. We would deeply appreciate it. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you again next time. <clears throat>